Well, hey, welcome to First Church and a happy new year. So glad that you are worshiping with us today. Hopefully, you're having a great start to 2022 and hopefully you had a great Christmas as well. I know my family did. We left after Christmas Eve services and went to Kentucky and stayed a week with family and we had a blast. But I tell you what, we left and it was like 75 degrees in Oklahoma and we came back last night and it's 15 degrees. What did you guys do while I was gone? Anyway, but it's crazy cold and because of that, I know we have a whole lot of people who are worshiping at home right now that typically would not be, but we do have some people here in person. So if you are on site today, would you get loud and welcome in our online family? Let them know that we're glad they're worshiping with us today, and no matter where you are, we're glad you're a part of First Church for sure. And we do, and my family did have a great Christmas holiday. In fact, even though we were in Kentucky, we were still thinking of you guys. And here's a picture of my family, the four of us with my mom and dad. If you can't tell, we're in our first church Christmas t-shirts because we were in Kentucky, but we were still thinking of you guys. You were on our hearts, and we love it here, and it's good to be back home. And as we get started today, as we move on and we start to talk about this new year, what I would like to do today is do something a little bit different and celebrate what God has been doing in this place because God has been doing some incredible stuff. But as we get started, I think I need to ask a question first. And the question is this, have you ever tried to describe something that someone else hadn't seen and it's just really hard because they hadn't witnessed what you have witnessed? You ever been there? Like words just can't capture what you're trying to say, what you're trying to describe. I know On Christmas Eve, my wife Allison sent me out early to go shopping because we realized we needed one more gift for my son Alex. We kind of forgot about something, and so I went to Walmart early on Christmas Eve morning. That was a mistake, but I went there, and I went to the toy aisle, and I called Alice, and I was like, there's nothing here for him. We're not going to be able to get him an extra gift, at least not at Walmart. And she's like, oh, there's got to be something there. I was like, you don't understand. The shelves are bare. The shelves are empty. I'm not going to find something here. And she said, oh, there's got to be something. Come on, just look harder. So then I took a picture of the toy aisle, and I sent it to her. I texted it to her, and this is what I saw. This is what I was witnessing in that moment. And so she then said to me, Oh, now I see what you were saying, as if I can see it now. It makes sense now that I see it. Let me give you another example of this. Uh, I have a buddy who was telling me about this YouTube video he saw of this cockatoo, this bird that would dance as his owner would play music. He's like, it's hilarious. you got to watch it. And I wasn't really excited to go watch it because I'm like, okay, it's a bird that dances. Who cares? You know, it doesn't sound like that thrilling of a video. But I did go and check it out. And it was pretty awesome, and so I decided to share it with you. Here it is, and here are two cockatoos owned by this guy, male and a female. And right now, the guy's playing music, and this bird, the male, he's kind of jiving a little bit, you know, he's dancing a little bit. But as the music gets a little bit more, you know, loud and intense, he gets more intense, he gets more into it, and his uh, female partner there is kind of like, I'm not having any of it. Talk to the claw here, you know. I'm not having any of this at all. You're not impressed me one bit, but he keeps going, and eventually the music just takes control of him, and he goes all Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, take a look at what he ends up doing as he really gets into this song. Here he goes. <laughs> Is that not awesome? I mean, look at that. He's going nuts. That's how I dance, by the way, in case you were wondering. Yeah, that's crazy. And here's the thing. If I had to just describe to you what that bird was doing, you probably would have 
no idea what I was talking about. You couldn't grasp what I was talking about. By the way, I love that female bird because she's kind of like, hey, this is not impressive. This isn't going to help you out later. So just stop, okay? I love her attitude in that moment. But you really couldn't describe that unless you could see it for yourself. And honestly, that's how I kind of feel about what's going on here at First Church right now. I mean, people ask me all the time, how are things going at First Church? Or when they hear good things, it's like, tell us what's going on. And it's really hard to describe. I've now been here at First Church as your lead minister for four years. Today is the four-year anniversary. I started the first Sunday in January of 2018, and it's been an incredible ride. And I have loved my time here. But here's the thing. When my family moved here four years ago, we knew God was in it, but we had no idea how much we would fall in love with you guys. We had no idea the incredible stuff that God would do in this place over the past four years. He amazes me day after day. And I am just so grateful to be part of this church family, to be part of your family. And I love seeing what God is doing in this place. And when I talk to people about First Church, I get excited. And I'll talk about all the baptisms that we're having. And I'll talk about how our attendance is growing both online and on-site. I'll talk about how we're supporting new mission work all the time across the globe and locally throughout the 918. I'll talk about how our next-gen ministry is growing. And I'll talk about your guys' generosity. And I'll just go on and on about everything that's taking place here. And as I describe our church, even though I get excited, it's like I'm not doing it justice because it's hard to describe what's going on here. And even though I feel like I'm not doing it justice, people will still say, how are you guys having all this growth? How is all that happening? And my go-to response comes from the Psalms. In fact, in Psalm 118.23, it says, the Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. That's my response. God is doing this and we're just wowed by it. We're just amazed by it. We're just trying to be faithful and as we're faithful, we continue to be amazed at what he's doing. I love how the message paraphrases that verse. It says, this is God's work. We rub our eyes and we can hardly believe it. And that's honestly how we feel a lot of the time. Because as we look around at what God is doing, we rub our eyes and we think, wow, I cannot believe that this is happening in this place. That God is using us in such incredible ways. But here's the thing. We don't need to take take advantage or overlook or miss what God is doing in this place. Because this is a very special season, and the Bible teaches us that we need to make the most of whatever season we're in, and that includes our current season as well. In fact, it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, for everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. In other words, every single season has a purpose. And I think it's important, I think it's actually healthy for us to look at our lives in the perspective of seasons. Because seasons are temporary, and sometimes seasons are very long, sometimes they're shorter, but seasons are temporary and they come and go. And right now, you're probably experiencing a different season of life than somebody else in this room. I mean, right now, you may be going through a season of expansion and growth. Maybe your family is expanding, maybe your business is expanding, maybe you're getting more opportunities than you've ever had before. Maybe right now, you're going through a season of preparation. God is preparing you for something in the future, and you don't know what it is, but you can just kind of sense God is preparing you for something else. Maybe you're going through a season right now that's kind of tough. I mean, maybe you've experienced some heartache and pain and suffering. This is a rough season right now for you. I don't know what you're going through, but seasons are temporary. But seasons, no matter if they're good or bad, always have a purpose. 
And the Bible tells us that we don't need to waste the season that we're in, but we need to see how God wants us to use it. Because we ask the question a lot, you know, what time is it? How, I mean, how many times do we say, hey, you got the time, what time is it? But I think a better question is this, what is the purpose of this time? What is the purpose of this season that we're in? Because the Bible tells us this in the book of Ephesians is make the most of your time. We're to make the most of every opportunity we have. And I believe that this situation we're in right now, this moment in history, this season that we are experiencing right now, we are experiencing for a purpose and we need to see what God wants us to see. And when I think about where we are right now as a church and where we are right now in our culture, there's a verse in the Bible that I keep coming back to. I think this describes our culture right now, and I think it describes what God is doing in our church as well. God said these words to his Old Testament people in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 19. He says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, when God first said those words, his people were in a dismal place. They were very discouraged. There was darkness all around them because they had been taken captive by a foreign enemy. And they had lost their freedoms. They had lost their rights. They had lost their identity, basically. They were not in a good place at all. They were extremely discouraged. And look at what God says. God says, remember who I am. I'm the type of... I have the type of love for you that I'm not going to abandon you. And I'm a God who can make a pathway in the midst of a dense and thick wilderness. I can create a river in the midst of a dry wasteland. In other words, I can breathe new life into what's dead. I can breathe light into the midst of the darkness. Remember what I've done for your people in the past. And so God, at the beginning of chapter 43, goes on and he talks about how he had rescued his people over and over and over again. He talks about how he brought his people out of Egypt and parted the Red Sea. And he mentions all these great miracles that he had done for his people, for the ancestors of those he was speaking to in that moment. And then, after he lists all these miracles, listen to what God says. I didn't read this first part, but he says, but forget all that. What? Why would you remind us of it if you're telling us not to forget it? But forget all that, and here's the reason why. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. In other words, all those miracles that you've heard about, all those stories in Scripture that you know are true, all those things pale in comparison to what I am getting ready to do for you. He says, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. It's already started. It is all around you. Do you not see it? Are you not paying attention that I am working in the midst of the darkness that you're living in right now? He says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, the immediate context of this is God is telling his people, I'm going to rescue you from the captivity that you're in right now. And then later, I'm going to send my son, and he is going to breathe life into the entire world, and his church is going to take that life to the world. But I love that language, because if you think about it, is there a better description of the culture that we're living in right now than, I don't know, a dense, thick wilderness? (laughs) 
where we're just trying to find our way through? Is there a better description than a dry wasteland where we're thirsting for something more but we can't find it? That's the culture we're living in, and God is reminding us, I am the God who can create a river in the midst of the dry wasteland. I am a God who can create a clear path in the midst of a thick wilderness. And I love the language when he says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? One translation puts it this way. God says, for I am doing a new thing. See, we serve a God who is always doing a new thing. We serve a God who is always working. No matter how bad things may seem around us, God is not asleep at the wheel. God has not forgotten about his people. He will not break his promises. God is still active and he is working and he is working all around us. But we have to be those who are willing to see what he is doing in this world so we can join with him to accomplish his mission. God, I believe, is working at all times in every season. And whatever is going on in this season that we're in right now, it is happening for a purpose. And he wants us to be part of that purpose. And so the question that I want to ask you today as we begin 2022 together is this. Are we paying attention to the new thing that God's doing? Are we paying attention to what he is allowing to happen in the world around us? Because I believe he wants to use it for his purposes. The way that he asked that question to the people in Isaiah's day, do you not see it? Do you not see what I'm doing all around you? Some people may think that we're in a dismal place right now as a culture, a discouraging time in history because of everything that we've experienced over the past year and a half, two years. But I've seen God work over the past two years in a way like I never had before in my life. Some of you guys can probably say the same thing. And I think that's why it's important as we begin this new year to celebrate and recognize what God is doing because he is working. He is very, very active right now. And I believe everything that he's done in this church over the past year, he's been doing to bring us to an even greater place. It's our motivation to keep going because he's not finished with us yet. And one thing that I have been so wowed by over the past year is the stories of life change in this church. I mean, this is a place where marriages are restored, where broken homes are brought back together, where people find peace who are suffering with anxiety, where people who are suffering with addictive behavior find freedom, where those who are taken captive by sin find rescue from that and they are forgiven through the grace of Jesus. This is a place where lives are constantly being changed. And that is evident in the amount of baptisms that we are seeing take place right now. Guys, in 2021, we had more baptisms last Last year than we have had in any single year for the past five years. How awesome is that? That is incredible that God is working in that way to change lives. And I think one of the reasons why people are coming to know Christ at such a great rate is because everything that we're experiencing right now, it's letting us know that what we used to put our trust in We shouldn't put our trust in those things anymore because those things are going to fail us. We have a tendency sometimes as human beings to make gods out of things like our bank accounts or our status or maybe our popularity or our jobs, our careers or certain people. Or We even make gods out of science and medicine and certainty and all that other stuff. And here's the thing. None of that stuff in and of itself is bad, but they all make terrible gods. They will eventually let you down. 
And if you want to have lasting peace, lasting satisfaction, lasting joy, it is only found in Jesus. And we have the answer that the world is looking for. And I think people are hungry to come and know, to come and know the one who can restore their souls. And so we've had, we've had more people this year come to know Jesus than we've had in recent years. And I just want to show you some of those stories. Take a look. Yeah, you can clap for that. Awesome. In Romans chapter 6, the Bible says, For we were buried therefore with him, with Christ, by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This is what people are seeking. This is what they're thirsty and hungry for. New life. And God is breathing new life into this generation. And I think everything that's happening around us is awakening people to that need. On Christmas Eve, we had, there were a ton of awesome stories from Christmas Eve. We had some really special services. But after one of our services, there was a teenage girl who came down front with her family. And she talked to Matt and me. And basically what she said was she was new to our church. But she experienced such joy in this place that she wanted to be baptized into Christ. And this past week, she was baptized into Christ. And I was just stunned by that. I should not have been, but I was. I'm like, so you just came here and you saw the joy in us and you want it? You want it? And she's like, yeah. And that's what happens when we actually live out our faith, when we actually shine our light in the midst of darkness. People are hungry for it and lives are changed. But you know, it's not just that we're seeing a ton of people baptized right now into Christ. There are so many other areas of ministry right now that are a shining light for us. And one area of ministry that I want to highlight is our next-gen ministry. Our next-gen ministry here at First Church is awesome. It is incredible. And not only is our next-gen ministry across the board growing in all ages, from our little ones in first years to our grade school kids and first kids to our students, our junior high and high school students, first students ministry, not only is our ministry across the board growing, it is exploding. Our first years right now, they, listen to this, I got this stat, I wasn't sure if I was going to use it, but I'm going to, they changed 3,820 diapers last year. I mean, that's a lot of diapers. I mean, that's a lot of little babies that we're changing. But here's the cool thing, when we first started talking about, you know, Unstoppable, and you guys know Unstoppable was to make more space for our first kids, our elementary age, we uh, were just going to build an elementary building, but what we've decided to do is we're going to also expand a little bit our first years area, our early childhood area. We're going to add some extra classrooms because that area of ministry is also exploding right now. We're running out of space. 
And I just mentioned our first kids. I mean, you've heard a lot about that during the Unstoppable Initiative because we're growing at such a rate that we are, we've outgrown our space upstairs and we need a new building. And you guys are behind that and excited about that. And then our student ministry is just absolutely incredible. If you've been here on a Wednesday night and you've seen all those students that are here, it will absolutely amaze you. I went to one of a few weeks ago or several weeks ago, I went to one of the worship services on Wednesday night where our students were worshiping. And I kind of snuck in the back because sometimes I make our staff a little nervous when I show up and so I kind of snuck in the back and I hid in the back and I was just stunned at how loud it was in there in a good way it was awesome to see all these teenagers praising God at the top of their lungs I mean they were shouting out praises to him they were excited they were into the worship and I remember I was humbled in that moment and besides that the room was completely packed I'm not sure if you could have fit another student in there I mean it was crazy the amount of students that we had in there and here's the thing you know who was preaching that night it was Trotter our high school minister and I I know that God's at work because nobody wants to hear him speak, but no, that's, that's a joke. That's, I love Trotter. I love his wife, Emily, too. So glad they're on staff. But still, even with him speaking, we had a great crowd that night because God is at work in this place. And our next-gen team is constantly trying to reorganize and rearrange our Wednesday night uh, programming because we just got to figure out what to do with all these students, and that is a great problem to have. And so if you haven't seen what's going on in our next-gen ministry, take a look at this video. Barna Group, which studies churches, did some research during 2020, and they interviewed and studied, uh, uh, what's the name of it? It's uh, Generation Z. Sorry, I forgot what the name is, because normally we talk about millennials. You know, millennials have been the generation everybody wants to reach, but now millennials are the adults, and so we now have Gen Z, which is rising up to be the young adults, and the top of that age group of Gen Z is actually 23 years old. They are those who are graduating from college now, getting out of college, and what's interesting is when they talked about adults who are in that Gen Z group, they found some interesting things. Here are some of the stats that they found. 72% of Gen Z says the church offers hope for the world. Now, that's not 
Gen Z, uh, Gen Zers who claim to be Christians. That's just Gen Z in general. 72% of them say that the church offers hope to the world. That's incredible that the upcoming generation has a positive view of the church. Not only that, the study found that 78% of Gen Z Christians, so those who claim to be followers of Jesus, are having faith conversations with non-Christians. This group is more evangelistic than any other recent generation that has come before them. That is awesome. And then as they polled and studied these Gen Z students, they found out three things. They found, one, they want their faith to make a difference in the world. In other words, they don't want their faith just to be words. They don't, they're not interested in platitudes and sayings and all that. They actually want to take action. Second, they want real chances to contribute to their church. In other words, they don't just want to be part of the church. They want to be the church. They don't want to be just a ministry of the church. They want to be involved in the mission of the church. And that leads me to the last thing they said. They are excited by the mission church. They believe the church can change the world around them. And when I look at that, that excites me because I believe God is doing something in the next generation. I believe he is awakening the next generation in a way that is needed right now in our culture. And I believe that when the church continues to equip and build up the next generation, we will see a revival take place in our country like we've never seen before because we need the next generation to be a voice for the gospel. We need the next generation to be an example for the culture around us. And I believe that God is preparing the next generation for something great in our culture and in this country. You know, sometimes when people talk about kids and students, they will say, they're the future of our church. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I'm not mad if you say that, but you'll never hear me say that. I'll never just say that kids and students are the future of our church. I will say they are the present and the future of our church because they are the church right now. And God is doing something in our students, in our kids right now. And I don't want to overlook that because he is working through them. And I believe he's going to use our students, our kids in phenomenal ways. And we want to be a church that teaches the next generation to serve beyond our walls. Because at First Church, we're not a church that just shows up on Sundays. We want to continue to reach those who need to be reached around us. And so we believe we are here to make a difference in this world and to serve those locally throughout the 918. And we do that through our Love 918 ministry. But also, we are here to serve the world. Because we have a global impact through our global mission partners. And I just want to share with you some of the ways that we were able to serve the name of Jesus throughout the world and throughout our community in this past year.
been to one of our discovery lunches, you know that I use the term partnership to describe membership here at First Church. Because we don't want, when you place membership here, for you to think that you're just joining a club, that you're just putting your name on some roster or list somewhere. We want you to know that when you join First Church, you're partnering with us in the ministry that Jesus has given us, that we want you to be a person who lives on mission. And this past year, we had a challenge for our church, for our church family to participate in the mission of Jesus that he's given us in a very tangible way. We called it our unstoppable initiative. And through this initiative, what we wanted to do is we wanted to increase our current ministry opportunities. We wanted to expand our global and local outreach. And we also wanted to provide new space for our kids because, as I mentioned just a second ago, our kids are running out of space. They've outgrown their space. And so we challenged our church in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of uncertain times, to more than double the current giving that you guys have been given. Right now, our operating budget is at $5 million, and we wanted you guys to, to give in such a way that we could, we could bring in over $11 million, just over $11 million, so that we could build this building but also do these other ministry things. And a lot of people thought that we were crazy. A lot of people thought we were nuts to do this. But the reason why we did it is because of Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 20. And Matthew, I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter um, 16, verse 18, when he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, for 2,000 years, Satan has tried to stop the mission of Jesus' church. And he has thrown everything he has at us. He's tried to use persecution and pressure and politics and even pandemics to try to stop the church. And after 2,000 years of Satan and his minions throwing everything they have at us, nothing has been able to stop or kill Jesus' church. And so we decided we're not going to be a church that hits pause. We're not going to be a church that just coasts. We're not going to be a church that settles for the status quo. We don't want to be a church that just survives. We want to be a church that thrives because we believe that's what God wants for us. And so we gave you guys this tangible challenge. And if we were to keep doing exactly what we were doing over the next two years, our, our budget would be $5 million, $2.5 million a year. But what we asked you guys to do is to double that. And you guys committed to over $10 million over the next two years. Now, that is incredible. In fact, we had people tell us that if we got to 8 or $9 million in our commitments, that would be a huge win, and we far surpassed that. Our goal is just over $11, $11.3 million for the next two years, and we've had people come to us and say, hey, I'm going to give, but I'm not going to fill out a card, and that's fine, and we also know we're going to have new people that come and all that. We believe that we're going to get there and I've got a little bit more exciting news to tell you about that. But before I do, take a look at the journey that we've been on through Unstoppable. This card, the number that we will have on it, it represents a sacrifice. It's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a step of faith but we're giving it with joy because I know that there's no better investment in life than the kingdom of God. If you've been in, in any of the children's facilities recently, we're busting at the seams, I mean, even in the midst of a pandemic. But, you know, we, we need space. We need a place where not only can all the children who are already here be and grow and flourish, but the families who have yet to join our church, as friends, we want that this to be a place that they can invite um, 
non-believers in their lives as well. And, you know, I just really earnestly believe that, that that's how we change our community, that's how we change our families, that's how we change the 918. To me, the answer is clear. When the world is in fear, they should look no further because the answer is here in Owasso, Oklahoma, the home of First Church, where you teach and live the Bible, a kingdom-minded church, where you raise godly servant leaders and build loving family relationships, a grace-filled church. First Church is absolutely the best investment for our resources because we can see the return coming back so quickly and so much more than what we ever expected. Just in the staff and the people here are just amazing. Um, we want to be here. We love walking through these doors because when we're investing in God's kingdom, we get that back so quickly. When we need somebody to talk to, it's there. We know we have a resource that we can go to. To me, my unstoppable commitment means joy and love and the excitement I see around this church. I'm going to be unstoppable by helping people learn about Jesus. I'm gonna be unstoppable by showing everyone I can the power of Jesus' love. My unstoppable commitment means being able to spread God's word to places like never before. God is awakening the next generation. And we need to be the church that the next generation needs. We need to train and equip and prepare and grow the next generation because that's how we are going to save this world. If you want to change our culture, if you want to change our country, if you want to change our state, if you want to change our community, it starts with investing in the next generation. And when the next generation rises up and is on fire for God, we will see a revival take place in this country like we've never seen before. So our goal over two years, 11.3, just over $2.6 million a year. And we've been in Unstoppable now for one month. We started the first Sunday in December. And after one month of giving to Unstoppable, this is the total number that we've collected. This is not commitments. This is what we've actually collected after a month. Are you ready? $1,322,267.93. Yeah. over $1 million in a month's time because of your guys' faithfulness and because of the gracious hand of our God. And that just speaks to the health of our church. When I started here four years ago, the year before I started, our average attendance was 975 people a Sunday. Today, as we look at our average for 2021, our average this past year was 1575 in worship. That's more, or that's almost a 60% increase in attendance. And we're seeing growth happen on site. We're seeing it happen online. Our church office got an email just the other day from a lady who worships with us. She lives in the western part of Oklahoma. And she said, to my first church family, Merry Christmas. 
I don't even know where to start with this. Let me introduce myself. First of all, my name is, and I'm not going to tell you her name, but I'm a single mom, and I have been an online member for over a year now. I was looking for an online Oklahoma church, and God led me to First Church. This has been the best year of my life. I have grown spiritually so much thanks to Pastor brought us a sermon. She didn't have to say that, but anyway. He has made this journey so enlightening, educating, entertaining, and your church has made me want to learn more about our Savior. Words just cannot express how First Church has transformed me spiritually and that the online service is definitely impacting us in a very positive way. And I just want to say thank you for providing it. It is making a difference. And then she signed her name, Loving Like Jesus. I love that. This is someone who's never stepped foot on this campus. And yet, our church is making an impact. And she is part of our church family. We have seen our church grow in phenomenal ways. And if you're new here, this is the excitement that's going on in our church. Let's get ready to worship. Here we go. staff retreat a couple months ago. Let's get ready to worship. Here we go. Our staff, it's a good looking group. I love our staff. We have a great staff here. You can give it up for them if you want to because I love our staff here and I appreciate them so much. But after our staff retreat, when we talked about the future of our church and we did some planning and all that, a few days later, I wrote this down as I was praying. I said, many in our culture are worried and scared about the state of our world today. I was one who at one point was concerned but all the crazy stuff that was happening, and I wish that things could go back to the way they used to be. I questioned why things were happening the way they were happening. But God, you've taught me during this season to trust in you like I never have before. And I've seen you work like I've never seen you work before in the midst of all this darkness that surrounds us. Thank you for the privilege of being part of this generation of your church because I believe you're ready to use your church in incredible ways. I do not deserve to be part of a church like First Church that is making such an impact in our culture. But thank you for bringing me here. For I believe our church is here for such a time as this. God, lead us to be the church that our generation needs. Guys, as I look around our culture today, a lot of people are scared and worried. I'm not. Because I know our God is bigger than anything we may face. And I am grateful and I feel that it's a privilege to be part of his church in this generation. Because I believe he's going to use this generation of the church in incredible, incredible ways. And it's already begun. You remember what Isaiah said? God said, I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? And what's interesting is just a couple verses later... 
God says, but you didn't pay a bit of attention to me, Jacob. You're so quickly tired of me, Israel. You can miss what God is doing. And we're not that church. We don't want to be that church that misses what God is doing. We want to be a church that sees what he sees, and we join in what he's doing in the world right now. Because I'm telling you right now, I believe God has allowed all this stuff that has happened in our culture to happen, to shake us up because we needed it. And now that God is shaking things up, it's time for us, his church, to rise to the surface and be the church that this generation needs. Because just this generation is hungry for what we have through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why next week we're going to launch a new series. It's called Coming Up for Air. Because isn't that what it feels like, you know? It's like we've been holding our breath for some time. And now it's time to come up for air. Because we need to be the church that our culture needs today. And I believe we have a whole lot to celebrate as a church. We really do. 2021, yeah, there's been a lot of pain and suffering and darkness. But God has done some phenomenal things. And we have a lot to celebrate as his church. But here's the thing. He's not finished with us. He hasn't brought us to this point to leave us now. He hasn't brought us to this point to abandon us now. He didn't bring us to this point just so we could get here and stay here. I believe he has more incredible plans in store for us. And I believe with all of my heart, when we see what God is doing, this could be your best year yet. Amen. And this could be the best year of ministry for our church yet. I'm excited to see what our God is going to do in and through us in 2022. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for this time that we've had to look back in order to look ahead. We are excited about what you're doing in this place, but Father, we don't want to live in the past. We only look back to celebrate and to thank you for everything that you've done, but also to use it as motivation to move forward together. Father, lead us in 2022 to do more than what we could ask or imagine. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.